What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of the Daily Energy Newsbeat Stand-Up here on this gorgeous June 5th, 2023. As always, I am your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Dallas, Texas, joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com. Stuart Turley, back from assignment. My man, how we doing today? Oh, doing great. Putin said to say hi. <laughs> Yeah, his, his 2024 campaign um, kicks off in earnings. Um, congrats on the gig, by the way. Um, hey, all in jest. We do. We do. We are excited to have Stu back. And he has come locked and loaded with a absolute banger of a show. First up on the menu, guys, huge news. OPEC meets today, actually, as we record this on Sunday and have announced oil cuts in July. Title of the article, Saudi to cut oil output in July. OPEC extends deal into 2020. For Stu will cover the entire fallout from this uh, monumental meeting here on June 4th, 2023 between OPEC and Russia. Next up, AI's influence on the workforce and how much more energy will be required to achieve. Next up, ESG fund manager beats 99% of peers, but with a giant bet on Indivia. The real question now is, is Indivia even an ESG company? Stu will dive into that one. That's a great article. Next up, Biden's controversial Bitcoin mining tax dead or set to rise from the ashes. Dun, dun, dun. Um, this is a lot of different implications. There's a lot of interesting um, stakeholders on both sides of this whole Bitcoin debate. Stu will dive into what that means for the energy industry. And then finally, Ecuador makes history votes to keep oil in the ground in the Yashuni underway. This is a pretty monumental sort of geopolitical geoenergy story that Stu will cover about what's yep. going on in Ecuador and specifically the Amazon. He'll toss it over to me. I'll cover really maybe what the price fallout is from the Saudi Arabia, uh, from the OPEC cuts, specifically what Saudi Arabia decides to do is Stu will kind of overview what the cuts <laughs> look like. Um, we'll obviously see some sort of a price rise. We saw rig counts on Friday and then a quick overview of what Exxon and Chevron are attempting to do in Algeria. We will cover all that and a bag of chips, guys. But first, check us out on the world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com. All of the stories you are about to hear, you can hit them in the description below and are via that website. Stu does a great job of curating that website and making sure all of the, the best energy news is there. Dashboard.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all your data and energy news combo. Get that while you still can. Definitely go behind a paywall, guys. We're moving forward with that. So um, look, look look for some more information on, on how to sign up for all that stuff later. I think that's it, Stu. Where do you want to begin today's show? Hey, let's start with OPEC. I mean, that was the buzz around town. <laughs> OPEC's definitely the uh, bride at the ball, or I'm not sure how you yeah, say it. I mean, everybody knew this. I mean, they conveniently do it on a Sunday where they can announce right before markets open. They can come in and, right. and some... And what I'm interested in is, is is cover from a high level what happened. And then there's a few things I want to get into. So walk me through. Okay. What did they do on a high level? High level. They agreed to cut. Uh, let me go through that a, a little bit here. They are cutting a million barrels, 1.4 million barrels, an overall reduction in 2024. But that's going to start in 1 million barrels per day by Riyadh could be extended beyond July. This is a Saudi lollipop is what he said, uh, which is pretty crazy to think about 
That was his exact. Okay. Cause that was what I wanted to tune in. on. so basically okay. South, you know, OPEC decides to keep cuts in line with right. what they had. Saudi Arabia comes in over the top and cuts a million barrels a day. And the energy minister calls that the quote Saudi lollipop. If you don't think they're mad at the way the oil markets have shaked out, this is just the cherry on top because he said it best. I mean, they really are attempting to raise oil prices just to screw with us. It's really absolutely that, that. And uh, do you remember when they tried to put the Texas shale and the shale out of business? They I mean, and anyway, um, contrast, uh, United Arab Emirates was allowed to raise uh, the output. OPEC pump. There's a couple other stats, Mike, let's cover. Uh, OPEC pumps 40 percent of the world's crude. Russia is in OPEC plus OPEC plus allowed some of the African uh, nations to go ahead and allow for them. They were the big holdout, Michael. There was a three hour meeting before uh, the uh, OPEC meeting because the African nations wanted to be able to increase production and they did give it to them. So, I mean, here's the quote coming out of Saudi energy minister Abiz bin Salam quote, they call it a Saudi lollipop. We want to ice the cake. <laughs> we'll do whatever it's necessary to bring stability to this market. Dun, dun, dun. He's referring um, to Biden on that. Oh, you, th- you think so? Oh, I know so. You uh, know, fist bump and infamy still chapped him up. Even, and, and this is what is, is so interesting because they're also open about the fact that Demand is going to outstrip supply in quarter three, quarter four of 2023, yet they're still cutting. Exactly. And it's because why shouldn't they? Uh, I I actually applaud them for that. Yeah. You know, so on total OPEC money. plus. Yeah, exactly. So on total now, OPEC plus, we've dropped about 4.6 million barrels per day. Um, yep. Some countries can't produce their quota. So the actual reduction is still somewhere around 3.5 million barrels per day or about 3% of global supply. They're cut which is pretty crazy. You know, I think the fallout's fairly simple. Gas price is going to go up a little bit. So sorry to, you know, fill up while you still can. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it is. Uh, there is a lot of geopolitical stuff that this impacts uh, hugely. And Russia is, there's two things. Yeah, Russia, so what's your, so give me your top cop tuple fallouts from this. The The big fallout on this is Russia Iran and Iraq and Saudi Arabia have been signing deals outside of OPEC and OPEC plus. Uh, And and so even though Russia wanted to increase uh, production, it doesn't matter what their quota is for OPEC plus because they're producing everything Mm -hmm. they can. So it's a it's a like, Michael, it is a. Over, look over here at my quota, and then if I do anything else, it's going to go over here and go to India. They're going to buy everything in it. That they yeah, want. it is interesting that a lot of that's flown over. Does Is there any impact uh, to the war in Ukraine? Does this do anything in there? The war on Ukraine is, is really... Russia di- any, at any point somehow? No, I, the war in Ukraine was designed for one reason and one reason only. It's a crime scene cleanup. 
for uh, graft. And then the other thing is it's designed to take money out of the United States so that the United States can go broke. Honestly, that is why the Ukraine war is here, because we had 37 labs, bioweapons labs that okay. last week, no, I'm I'm serious. Last week, it said that the bioweapons lab, Putin got one of them. I'm serious, dude. I'm not making this conspiracy. Let's call Fauci on it. What's next? <laughs> call Fauci. Uh, he made a lot of money out of Ukraine. Okay. <laughs> AI's influence on the workforce and how much energy will be required. Michael, I'm a little nervous about AI. I love me some Terminator movies. Uh, I mean... You know, I Arnold, I'll be back. I, I'm sorry. I just, I, you know, I love it here. This is a great article. AI is dangerous to humans. Who starts the algorithms and gives it the initial bias from where it's going to learn? We've seen big tech banning anything they don't like, even government collusion to harm free speech. Let's look at the increase in energy required for servers more power used by individuals and whether AI can make decisions to put the lowest kilowatt per hour with the least impact on the environment, or will it simply force the green agenda on the population of the world? I wonder who wrote that. But when you sit back and take a look at a ginormous, I love this one, a ginormous concern from the public is how AI will impact jobs. Michael, this thing is this article in on energynewsbeat.co and com. Let's go down here. Uh, according to the World Economic Forum, you know what I think of them, the future of jobs report, 85 million jobs will be replaced by machines with AI by the year of 2025. I heard somebody the other day, it wasn't me, they wanted to kill that many people. All right, we'll just kind of move on forward on this. That was a rumor. Um, a definite rumor, a definite rumor. We have to clear that. And I heard it and it wasn't me. Uh, the same report says that 97 million new jobs will be created by 2025 due to AI. This almost sounds like somebody from Goldman Sachs made this up. How do you, you, you just kind of throw a dart on the wall, Michael? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's a pretty accurate 97.2 million new jobs. I mean. I, I'm with you. I mean, I completely trust anything the World Economic Forum says. Oh, so. no, they're they're right up there with, you know. <laughs> uh, OK, uh, let me go down here to uh, legal last week or the week before a attorney used legal in, in filing a case and he got it thrown out because he was an idiot and used AI. Well, here, AI. I think what's what, what's interesting is this article then goes through and lists a bunch of different industries and replaceable tasks. You can go manufacturing, real estate, gaming, right. entertainment, healthcare. You get all the way down here to finance. You get down here to energy. I think it's really interesting. Those, Smart those, grid management, demand response right. optimization. You know what those are fancy words for? Piping yep. you green, get, cutting your electricity off when you're using too much. When you, you know, when they, when they get rid of grid management, Smart oh, yeah. grid no. management. That, that's your LG TV going, no TV for you. You have too much carbon. You ate too many steaks. No exactly. TV for you. The TV exactly. Nazi is going to be here, man. No I TV am, for you. 
you know, they've also got energy consumption forecasting, obviously renewable energy integration, predictive maintenance of power. I do like that. I've actually, you know, been really oh, fascinated by the here's, idea. Of here's what they're missing, Michael. They're missing the growth of servers that it will take for AI because every company that I've seen from Kleenex to Band-Aids is all using AI. Everybody's putting AI out there, uh, even if they're not using it. How many more servers is Amazon going to need? And servers going to need a lot. They're going to need a lot more servers. That's right. How how can Google say they've been carbon free since two thousand nine? I it's they're not they're not. What's next? <laughs> okay, I love me some Ecuador. This one, you know, I'm I am a uh, fan of the environment. Uh, Ecuador makes history. Vote to keep away, keep oil in the ground in the Usani underway. This is for a gigantic, it's huge. It's for a tribe of people that oil companies were coming in and just destroying the, uh, the rainforest. United States, California, by 75% of the oil generated out of the rainforest. Oh, that's oh, so you tell me Gavin, Gavin Newsom buys rainforest oil? Oh, absolutely. In fact, he's got it in his bathroom. I got a picture of it okay. for his hair. <laughs> um, okay. Do you agree that the government shall keep oil in ITT known as Block 43 permanent in the ground? Yes. Isn't that great? Let's save the rainforest. Okay. You heard it here second, guys. Stu wants to save the rainforest. As long as it screws Gavin Newsom. Uh, he's got he's got an oil slick. He goes into the bay. They they start accusing Exxon Valdez of having another wreck. I mean, the, the man's got so much oil in his hair, it's pathetic. Let's go that over. Is, the, <laughs> I, that's I, a good I, one. What's next? Let's go. You got to see a penguin swim next to him. It's all dark and everything. They got a hosey mop. Okay. <laughs> Biden's controversial Bitcoin mining tax is dead, or is it set to rise from the ashes like a phoenix? Let's come down here, Michael. This goes right into the server conversation. Yes. You kind of wonder, you know, what brilliant mind put these stories together? Because as we get AI, we're going to have more servers. And I love me some Bitcoin mining. The Bitcoin miners are fantastic when they're using trapped or flared gas. I mean, we got some fantastic people out in the Texas uh, environment and other areas finding low cost energy. Go get them. Uh, it's another revenue source for those oil companies in order to bring it in. I couldn't be happier that they're using waste energy for this. Uh, the digital assets mining, damn. <laughs> I'm, that's I'm, I'm going to say it like Will Smith in uh, Men in Black. You need some new drapes. Uh, damn. Uh, <laughs> an excise tax proposal sought to change crypto miners, a tax equal to 10% the cost of the electricity they use for mining in 2024 before scaling up to 30% in 2026. It's insane. Biden administration is going after taxes. Why can't they cut spending? And lower taxes. I don't know. 
I think it's kind of crazy that they're going to start taxing the cost of electricity because yeah, you, I mean, they, they want it. This is why you don't want smart grid management. This is why you don't want AI running the grid because they're going to shut this down. Exactly. Uh, yeah, they, they're going to force you to pay your, your 10% tax. They're literally the mob. I, when I was visiting with Putin in a, in a joking way, of course. <laughs> hey, yeah, what's hey. Putin's thoughts on? Hey. <laughs> Putin's got more of a free uh, attitude about uh, commerce than we do. You know, holy smokes. Now, I, I, I'm mostly kidding, but it is. I mean, it, it it's just insane. Uncle Sam's got to take their cut and they'll find any place to do it. It would be interesting to see how much money you could raise from this, though. Well, here's the thing. We are seeing, Michael, in my day-to-day calls with clients, with other energy experts from around the world, taxes, taxes, and oh, by the way, taxes, we are about ready to, people are looking for ways to get out of the stock market and they're looking for ways to bury their money, not bury their money, excuse me, but look for tax deductions. So, Hey, Michael, this one is fund manager beats 99% of peers with giant bet on NVIDIA. Is NVIDIA an ESG company investment? (laughs) Let's go through some of this stuff here, Michael. ESG investing hypocrisy is real. How can a chip manufacturing company be even ESG? Let's go through that here in a second. The amount of waste it produces in just manufacturing process and the end of life of products in the landfills are so hazardous, they have a huge negative impact on the environment. There's not one chip manufacturer that could pass the same ESG scores and requirements requirements that the oil and gas industry can pass. This one got me worked up. The 83 million NVIDIA stake held by Swede Bank Rare Technology, uh, ticker symbol is S-W-C-O-N-T-U-S-S, makes it the most exposed ESG registered fund of the world's most favorable chip company, according to the latest data compiled by Bloomberg. That's a universe around 1,300 ESG funds that hold NVIDIA. It's pretty It's pretty what? insane that the, the, the best ESG fund out there, the one that is, is crushing it relative to its competitors, when you find out all it is is a bet on a chip manufacturer. It's Does just- anybody know what goes into making a fab, a fabrication plant? Intel, I worked there for 12 years. They, I don't know anything. I was on a need to know basis. However, you take a look at how much water they, when they put the uh, plants in, uh, in Arizona, they had to import water in, in order to make these fabrication plants the amount of carbon footprint a fabrication plant puts in 50 years before you get back to carbon net zero. Oh, you never will. Excuse me. You can never go to carbon net zero in a fab. I don't care. Now, if they're buying offsets, that goes into a different scam. This one got me worked up. I mean, I mean, it's really just that's the only way to succeed is an ESG fund is to expose yourself it's, to chip manufacturers <laughs> and, and is or is is indeed actually considered in the i mean we know it's 
me and you know it's not technically ESG, but are, do is it considered ESG by like the powers it be? Oh yeah, they go. Oh, we got a chip. It's not potato chips. It's not you know something uh, chips, poker chips out of Las Vegas. They it's gained twenty credits. It's it's up forty percent this year because of Indivia. You know, yeah, and it's and it's because of the Chips Act coming in. All these chips manufacturers. Do you know the Chips Act is going to pollute more than half of the coal plants that are being put in by China? They're horrible. Sorry, I got worked up. <laughs> I mean, it it the, just the it ES, shows the ESG investing hypocrisy is one that makes me airsick. Do you know why they did this, Michael? Why? It's because BlackRock in the first half of last year lost $1.7 trillion. They got to make this up somehow. Have you seen the BlackRock commercials? They've got these people going, we control your retirement. Oh, <laughs> we care about Walmart. We care about you. Bohockey. I have not seen a BlackRock commercial. Oh, it's hideous, dude. Just shoot me. Get a hammer. <laughs> Hit me in the head. I will feel better. I get up and start screaming at the TV with a blood vessel coming out of my head. You, you see like a, uh, a little, like a little headshot of like Epstein in the back. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming. No. Oh. Well, you know what the uh, founder of LinkedIn and Bill Gates have in common, don't you? <laughs> And we do know that <laughs> you I, they I will wanna, hate you. Yes. Uh, I met Bill. He hates me, but I also have been started getting shadow banned from uh, LinkedIn. I posted twice. Both of them disappeared within 10 minutes. Interesting. So you're actively being shadow banned on LinkedIn. Oh, and it was worse than that. I posted and within five minutes, the buttons to share and send were gone. Oh, spicy, spicy. Hey, speak the truth, baby. Speak the truth. Speak the truth. Well, Stu, in light of being shadow banned, you can find Stu on LinkedIn. He, you got he's, he's all over the place. We got suspended on Twitter. I saw that. If you go look at our Twitter, our Twitter is suspended. Oh, our, our Twitter is suspended? Yes. Our, oh. Yes. Musk came for us. <laughs> yeah, I'm still there. Well, that's good. That's good. I'm paying my $8. We're getting hacked on everything, guys, but we're just not hacked. But we're getting shut down everything, just trying to bring you the news. Well, well let's go ahead and, and, and flip over to, to, to the oil markets. I think it's important to, to kind of, <laughs> I mean, when we talk about what's going on in, in the markets, I think it's, it, it really all, you know, we're going to see prices rise. You know, we're currently sitting here at, uh, at 71, uh, 71, 74. That was the close here on Friday. Prices are obviously going to rise in light of this Saudi Arabia a lollipop uh, in order to stabilize <laughs> the markets. I mean, it is, it's so funny. He used that terminology because it's absolutely um, insane. You know, I think, I think you're going to see a, a push to 75, $80 oil um, by the end of the week. That would be my bet. I think you're going to see gas prices um, here abroad rise. I think natural gas prices are probably, you know, you're, you're, you're going to see them continue to come down. Do they pop below $2? I don't know. Um, weather reports look look fairly warm. We're entering draw season. Um, in terms of rig counts, um, we saw about 15 rigs drop week over week. That's it's a pretty large drop, and we're under now 700 for the first time in a few months now. Um, this is uh, out of Baker Hughes via Inveris. 
Um, so you can only trust it so much. What else do we got? Oh, yes. Exxon and Chevron, Stu, close to signing a little gas exploration deal out in Algeria. Um, this is one that, uh, you know, well, what's kind of funny is, you know, Algeria theoretically holds, you know, about three or about the third largest shale gas reserves in the world after, you know, who do you think the other two are? So you've got Algeria coming at number three. Who do you think has the one and two largest gas reserves in the world? U.S. No. Really? I thought, yeah. we were, I thought we were up there. No. Qatar. No. Boy, I'm missing out. I, I need to go back to school. China and Argentina. Hmm. Why is China importing all Russian natural gas? They got pipes coming in all over. Well, because I think reserves and actual ability to go get them are two different things. So let's be very clear here. Reserves. And would you okay. go get you, the reserves? You're, you're trying to stump the chump here. I don't know. It just, just says that in the article. So Charles Kennedy of oilprice.com. Take it up with him. I'll get him on the on the podcast. Get him on the podcast. You got anything else to wish people be scared about this week? Oh, uh, that one's an open season for me. Um, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood and buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride. It's it's going to be a wild week, guys. We'll be bringing you each and every day. Um, again, hit us up, questions at energynewsbeat.com. But uh, we'll let you guys get out of here, get back to work, start your week. Hopefully, you only have a few meetings here on this Monday. For Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Music.